It's a great day to live for Jesus. This is the In the Word podcast with Pastor Mike Grover, a chapter-by-chapter devotional journey through the New Testament where we will browse the background, discover the doctrine, and practice the principles of God's Word for us today. Never know someone whose epitaph could be some of his friends were for it and some of his friends were against it and he was for his friends. That is the epitaph of a compromiser, a person who lacks the character to just do the right thing. That's where we find ourselves this morning in John chapter 19 with a man named Pontius Pilate. Pilate will forever be known as the one that killed Jesus. We see Jesus in this chapter, the day of his crucifixion, before Pilate. Well, what we're reading here in this trial before Pilate was actually the sixth trial that Jesus had undergone uh, that previous early morning and now before Pilate. Originally, he was taken from the Garden of Gethsemane in the middle of the night, and he was brought to the high priest Annas and then to Caiaphas. Then in the morning light, he was brought before the entire Sanhedrin, kind of the Jewish Supreme Court. From there, they sent him to Pilate, who, by the way, was the prefect or the governor of Judah. Now, the original governor of Judah was one of Herod the Great's sons. Because of the horrible job he did, the Romans stepped in and began to appoint their own leaders, and Pilate was one of them. So he was the governor of Judah. They send him to Pilate to be put to death. Pilate sends him to Herod. Herod sends him back to Pilate. And that is where we find ourselves here in John chapter 19. Jesus before Pilate, the day of his crucifixion. Now the chapter jumps right in with telling us about the physical sufferings of Christ. Chapter 19 verse 1 says, then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. That would have been a severe, severe whipping. And the soldiers platted a crown of thorn, and they put it on his head, and they put on him a purple robe, and they said, Hail, King of the Jews, and they smote him with their hands. Do you see the sufferings of Christ just right there? Being scourged or beaten mercilessly. Man, a crown of thorns shoved into his head mockingly. A robe put on him mocking his claim to be a king. And then just the mockery of their lips saying the things they said about him. And then the Bible says they smote him or they beat him with their hands. So the chapter jumps right in with all of the sufferings of Jesus Christ. But all this suffering was really a fulfillment of prophecy. Because Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 6 says, I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting. You see, the sufferings that Jesus underwent, on the one hand, were willing sufferings because Jesus said, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down. Why? Because he was the sin bearer. He was the one bearing our sins. So on the God side, this was a plan. This was foreordained. But on the human side, it was in the evil hands of Pontius Pilate that Jesus was actually sentenced and brought to the cross. You see, we see the accusations here against Jesus by the Jews we talked about the other day. They said that he was guilty of blasphemy because he made himself God. And because the Romans would have cared less about blasphemy, they changed the charge when they brought him to Pilate. And they changed it to a charge of insurrection because they wanted him killed, and that was a capital offense. And so we pick up in the story here, and we see Jesus 
really being questioned by Pilate. And we see this back and forth beginning in chapter number 18. Now, Pilate, as I mentioned, he was this Roman prefect. He was the governor of Judah. He did that for 10 years before he was replaced. And he was a very political man that really lacked any sense of really human character. You see that where um, Pilate is warned by his wife in a dream about Jesus in Matthew 27, 19. Pilate has the truth sitting right in front of him, Jesus' words. He sees, obviously, that these charges have been changed and there's all this bias against Christ, yet he still brings him to the cross. He still has him crucified. Well, why is that? Man, if you look in our text this morning, I want you to see all the therefores of Pilate, if you look with me. So first of all, in chapter 18, it ends with Pilate trying to release Jesus because he knew he wasn't guilty. And he said to the Jews, hey, why don't you let me release uh, Jesus and we'll crucify this thief in his place. And they started crying out, no, release Barabbas, crucify Christ. In response to the crowd, it says in chapter 19, verse 1, then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. Why did he scourge Jesus? Why did he put him against all that suffering? It was in response to the crowd, therefore. And uh, he smote him with their fists. And, and so they beat Jesus, and now Pilate sees the suffering of Christ, and he starts having a moment of conscience. And in verse 4, it says, Pilate therefore went forth again and said to them, Behold, I bring him forth to you that you may know I find no fault in him. And Jesus came forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests, therefore, and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Take him and crucify him. I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. Pilate knew he shouldn't crucify him. But in response to the crowd, he had him beaten. In response to the suffering of Jesus, he went back to the crowd. The crowd doesn't respond well. And we have another therefore of Pilate. Look in verse 8. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and he went again into the judgment hall and said to Jesus, where do you come from? But Jesus gave him no answer. You see the vacillation? Pilate knows he's innocent. The crowd says crucify him. He's a political man. He wants to be in favor with the crowd, so he has him beaten. He sees the beating of Jesus. He sees his suffering. He has a moment of conscience. He takes him back out to the crowd, thinking maybe that'll be enough. And they're like, no, he says he's the son of God. And then we have another, therefore, because of that, now Pilate's afraid because this guy might be the son of God. He goes back to Jesus, and he starts talking to Jesus, and uh, verse and. and, and and Jesus doesn't answer him. And then finally in verse 11, Jesus answered and he told him, you know, about who has the power to kill him. And in verse 12, it says, and from there, from that point forward, Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out saying, if you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. So he goes back to Jesus, talks to Jesus, wants to release Jesus, but now the crowd says, no, no, he is making himself a king. And if you're a friend of his, you're not a friend of Caesar's. And then we have another therefore in verse 13. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus forth and sat him down in the judgment seat in a place that is called the pavement, but in the Hebrew, Gabbatha. And it was the preparation of the Passover. It's about the sixth hour, about um, nine in the morning. And he said to the Jews, behold your king. But they cried out, away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, we have no king but Caesar. Now look at verse 16, the final therefore. Then he delivered him therefore to them to be crucified. 
So what I see here in this chapter and what really speaks to my heart is you have this guy, Pilate, whose wife has warned him in a dream to let this innocent man go. He has the words of Jesus right in front of him. And he understands that these charges and these accusations were false. But he was such a wavering, compromising man that you see all of these therefores. They did this, therefore he did that. This happened, therefore he did that. This, And you got this kind of tennis match of conscience going on in Pilate. But at the end of the day, it was his desire for political expediency that won the moment. So we see all of these therefores, and we see Pilate with all of this vacillation, and man, you just realize today that, you know, we're all faced with situations where there's an obvious right choice, moments of decision, and every one of us are going to be tempted to vacillate between doing the easy thing rather than doing the hard thing, doing the most popular thing rather than the difficult thing. Doing the thing that in this moment seems like the best option, even though we know down the road it's a bad option. You see, we're faced with those things. We're faced with those things in our Christian life. We're faced with those things in our jobs, right? We're faced with these things in, in our family and in our relationships. And we really need to be able to walk um, in the example of Jesus and reject the example of Pilate. We need to be able to walk in resolve and walk in conviction. Now, I'm not talking about stubbornness. I'm talk, not talking about hard-headedness. I'm not talking about just a hateful obstinance. This is the way I'm going to do it. I'm talking about that quiet resolve of Jesus Christ, who didn't turn his back from the smiters. He didn't turn his back from the shame. As a matter of fact, in Isaiah 53, it says, he's brought like a lamb to the slaughter. And it says, like a sheep before the shears um, doesn't open up his mouth. What does that mean? Jesus willingly, with quiet resolve of conviction, went to the cross and he did the right thing. Man, what a contrast to that of Pilate. Pilate who's just compromising. Pilate who's just going with the wind. Pilate whose epitaph would be some of his friends were for it and some of his friends were against it. <laughs> and he was for his friends. So the word for today is this, when faced with hard choices, don't do the popular or the pressured thing, do the right thing. Do the thing that is born of conviction of character, not expedience of the moment. Thank you for listening today to In the Word. Join us every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes as we continue our devotional journey through the New Testament.